Brought to you by JMR Rentals, professional digital cinema and broadcast equipment rentals in Brooklyn, New York. JMRNY.com. And now get 15% off your first rental when you use the promo code WEEKEND. Call 347-721-3400 or email info at JMRNY.com for details. Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and joining me via Zoom today, he is the writer, producer, and star of the new feature film, The Reunion, Mr. Dave Rosenberg. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you, man. Uh, I know you're cheating because your background looks like you're in New York with me, (laughs) but you're actually uh, in L.A. Well, as... As I told you before the show, I had some background envy. So I was just in my apartment. The lighting wasn't right. So I had to go and find the Brooklyn Bridge. It looks good. I, I you know, uh, we're definitely a New York show. We found out about you guys because of Soho Film Festival, uh, which uh, we've been covering since 2018, where you guys won uh, Best Picture, which is fantastic. Thank you. And I want to get into that. I want to talk to you about the film. But first, I want to talk to you about you and kind of see, you know, how you got to the whole acting filmmaking gig and and what is your origin story? I'm from Brooklyn. I was born in Park Slope and uh, we moved to Long Island when I was five. So I grew up uh, Atlantic Beach and then um, went to Hofstra University. Uh, I wasn't entertainment was not really on the agenda for me at all. I, I probably was headed towards going into the family business which was a uh, real estate development, except I realized I really wasn't interested in that. Um, and I took a, I took a course in, um, in college and an acting class, uh, actually outside of my college, I was doing radio, radio broadcasting. And, um, that's what I thought I was going to do. I was doing sports broadcasting. I was, um, doing the games at Hofstra. Uh, I started a sports talk show, um, on the radio station there called the locker room, which is actually still running. And then I took a, I took an acting class outside of school, small acting class. And, uh, and I fell in love with it. And um, after that, I got some parts and that kind of got me started on the acting trajectory. And I, I had a theater company in New York. We did a couple of plays. I, I did stand up in New York and moved out to LA about 10 years ago and became a middle school teacher. And I've been doing that for, for six years, teaching kids English, social studies, and then also film and theater. And then a couple of years, this project that I that started with two of my best friends in my 20s, came back, came back to me, came back to us. Is that how the reunion started? It started out like 20 years ago. And then, so, and was that kind of the inspiration for the film as well? Well, first of all, for, for people who haven't seen the film or haven't seen the trailer, tell me a little bit what the film is about. Give me like a little, like a Hollywood log line kind of thing. Uh, and then talk to me kind of how it came about. Yeah, so the film was about a guy confronting his uh, childhood nemesis at their high school reunion. It, it came about because I ran into my childhood nemesis in Union Square in around 2002. I had uh, just done a play where I produced it and I was the lead and I had gone up on my li- lines in a sort of really humiliating way and lead me on this, led me on this sort of spiritual journey uh, as I was asking questions of God at the time. I spent a lot of time in Union Square reading books, uh, Deepak Chopra, Celestine Prophecy, spiritual books, meditating, experiencing all these wild coincidences in, in the concrete jungle. And uh, 
and then I ran into to this guy. I saw I saw this sitting. I was having salad outside Cozy Restaurant, which used to be on 13th Street and Broadway, and saw this guy walk by, and it rocked my world. I told my two best friends, and one of them said, "You have to write about this," and the other one said, "You have to confront this guy because he's been haunting you since you know." you're in high school. And so we kind of set about doing both. Uh, my buddy Andrea, who's in the film, kind of prepared me to confront this guy. He was a, a kickboxing guru in, um, in uh, Australia. And then uh, my friend Dins, uh, who had said, you need to write about this. Uh, he and I and Andrea would get together and we would do brainstorming sessions and we'd do improvs. And then I'd go off and write and we'd come back together and do improvs and I'd go off and write. And, and that's how things kind of came about. I think the main question everyone's going to want to know, did, did you actually fight this guy? Or did it, uh, you know, <laughs> did that actually come about? Is it, yeah. is this a, sort of a true story or? Pretty much everything that happened in the movie is true. Other than uh, there is one scene where I beat the shit out of somebody. Um, but that that didn't happen. I, I'd have my sure fights, but that didn't really happen in real life. But everything else pretty much happened. And it was wild because like we would write stuff and then it would happen in real life. And we, you know, things would happen in real life and we implement that into the story. And all the stars were kind of aligning. It's a great question. Um, that I anticipated more people asking, <laughs> uh, particularly in our Q and A's. Uh, I did end up confronting the guy from, from childhood. Uh, we're actually Facebook friends now. Um, and it was, it was fairly anticlimactic. I mean, we did have a moment where, you know, it could have gone in a certain direction and, and it didn't because he basically apologized and, you know, took responsibility and, and I forgave him. And that was, that was kind of that. This is about the most meta I've, I've seen a, a movie get where, um, you know, kind of life imitating art, imitating life. Did that make the process? I mean, I would I would imagine it would have been pretty cathartic to, to make the movie and, and you would have had, you know, kind of, a, you know, not just not just a more authentic film, but, you know, kind of an authentic life experience. The other thing it, it, I would I would want to say is, you know, when you're doing that. Does that make it more or less challenging? Do you do you feel like oh this is getting into an area that's really kind of self-centered and am I being too you know narcissistic or too you know solipsistic or whatever uh, or or was it just kind of like no this is this is a true experience and it happened to me and uh, and and the movie's better for it kind of thing. I mean it was cathartic. I think the whole process was cathartic. The writing was cathartic confronting him was cathartic working with my friends was cathartic and i think the movie is cathartic i think if if there's one thing i want people to get out of it is is a sense of healing you know and um you know it is sort of a, a revenge fantasy but it's revenge fantasy with a twist and i think it is healing um certainly has been for me but you know many challenges came up within the making of the film that um you know, it was healing, but also incredibly challenging, incredibly frightening, incredibly anger producing at times. It was everything. Uh, in terms of, you know, part two question, narcissistic, uh, that's just something that I, you know, have to look at myself in, in my own life, you know, my own narcissism, my own selfishness, et cetera. I don't know that the film is more of, or, or less of that. I think initially when we started it, there were questions, you know, you're the writer, you're the actor, the producer, it's about you, like, Jesus, you know, how much of you can, can one person take? Um, but for me, it was really about the story. And, and we tried to, we've tried to make it in a way, in my opinion, where we want it to be a reflection of the person who's sitting in the audience watching it. So for example, like the reunion we were struggling with, is it a 10 year reunion? Is it a 15 year reunion? We wanted to make it when I was 27. We shot it when I was 42. Um, so is it 10, 15? And then we just said, 
let's just make it a reunion and not even say how many years so that the audience, wherever they're coming from, whether it's 10 year reunion, 15, 20 for them, you know, they see themselves in it. And that's, that's how I really tried to look at it as a universal story that people can relate to. And it's not, it's not a documentary. It's not a docudrama. It's not a biopic. It's a, it's a movie, but it happened to be inspired by real life events. It's so interesting because it, it seems almost counterintuitive, but I find Sometimes the more specific you make a, a, a piece of writing, the more universal it becomes because people can sort of latch on to it. And I'm sure there's people who have been in that situation uh, and people, you know, I, I remember I went to my 10 year high school reunion and I went, I don't need to do this ever again, <laughs> you know, but but people, you know, some people want to go back and some people do. They have that fear. Uh, and, you know, maybe this, somebody will see this and, and think, oh, you know what, maybe I should face that again. Mm -hmm. You talked a little bit about some of the challenges. I mean, uh, you know, this show is largely about filmmaking. So, so you're writer, producer, uh, you're in uh, virtually every scene of the film. Talk to me about the challenges of doing that. I consider myself an actor first and foremost. So the acting part was, I don't want to say it was easy because it was challenging. You know, I was really challenged as an actor um, for sure. Um, both in the content and just in the filmmaking process, uh, you know, but that probably wasn't the hardest part. First of all, it was only 16 days. We shot for 16 days. I mean, I did go to New York and prepared for a year and, and all that. But, uh, you know, the writing process took, you know, 15 to 20 years off and on. So that writing, I always find, is probably the most challenging. The producing was was incredibly challenging. I mean, I, I, I ran a theater company in New York. Uh, this was, you know, 10 times that. You know, if you have a list of uh, maybe 10 to 15 things you need to do to get a play uh, produced, you times that by 10. Um, to get a movie made, you know, list of 150 plus things. You know, I was working with friends. I was working with close friends. So that was wonderful in terms of the chemistry on screen, in terms of the passion for the project. But it was very challenging personally. Um, there were friendships that were broken. There were friendships that were rifted. There were friendships that have sustained. Um, so that part of it was really hard. Um, Man, there were a lot of things that came up that I didn't anticipate. You know, I tell people when they say they want to make a movie, I say, get a good lawyer and make sure you have contracts for everything because um, there's a lot of ambiguity that could lead to a lot of uh, complications. So, you know, clarity is key. A while back, several uh, seasons ago, we had an entertainment lawyer on the show talking about that sort of thing. And, and people said, well, why do I need an entertainment lawyer? And it's usually, you know, kind of like a project's going to make money or if you're going to, you know, go to distribution. It's great to have all those things in place. You know, somebody's got to do it. And if it's your project, you know, you either find somebody who's like really great at it and likes doing it, or you learn to do it yourself. So you said you shot this over 16 days. Uh, this is all in New York. Was that packed in because of people's schedules and, and things like that? Or was it more of a budget thing? Like we've got to get this done because we've got this amount of dollars to do it. Yeah. I think it was more the latter. I think it was budgeting. I mean, I think I, I kind of left that up to people who know know what they're doing in terms of that. You know what I mean? And they said it's 16 days. They're like, 16 days, let's go. And I mean, we shot it exactly the way that I wanted to shoot it. It was, it was really guerrilla filmmaking, you know, four or five scenes a day, no sitting around waiting. We would go, 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 go. You know, I mean, I remember one night we did like, I don't know what time we started, 6, 7 p.m. We went till four or five in the morning, bouncing around Brooklyn. And that, it was just fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was hard. It was stressful, but it was fun. I mean, I remember shooting down the Lower East Side and my buddy Andrea, who, you know, he and I have known each other for 20 years and we went to acting school together. That's how we met. And he's, you know, pulling up in his motorcycle, you know, for his kind of money shot. And 
I'm just watching this and I look over across the street and there's, you know, 75, 80 people watching and, you know, cars. It, it, was, it was great. You know, we shot for four days in Union Square, which was a miracle to be able to get Union Square. I, I, I didn't know if it was going to happen and, and it happened. And, you know, we, we shot many hours there with, you know, people watching. And, you know, we, we had one point where I think the first day was gorgeous. The cops came over and we were like, uh-oh, they're going to shut us down or whatnot. And they ended up hanging out and watching and talking to my dad who was on set for a while and, yeah, it was pretty special. Shooting in New York is a, a unique experience, and uh, if you if you don't live here, it's it's like where he's talking about is it's right on 14th Street, and it's a, sort of a central hub right in town. And there's a lot of stuff right around there, and it's a very busy area. And, but and a lot of things go on there, like like protests go there, and there's people, there's musicians playing, there's people playing chess, there's all kinds of traffic. And you know the one hassle that I've always found shooting in New York is sound just just trying to get like a clean sound take seems damn near impossible and uh you know and a lot of people you know like there are certain things you can get around shooting without permits but a lot of times shooting in a park you know the second you put a tripod down uh you know there's somebody asking you you know do you have permission to shoot here with the gorilla aspect were you guys kind of were you guys running and gunning were you able to 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 get the shots that you wanted? Do you have to compromise locations at all? Yeah, I mean, we did get permission from Union Square, so we, we felt pretty good about that. You know, we had done our homework and done our due diligence there. Um, you know, and with, obviously you have all the, the people that are there, so we had to put down, you know, signs that said, you know, if you're walking by, you may be, you know, uh, participating in a movie. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think you, you, uh, you could shoot anywhere in New York, is my understanding, unless you put down sticks. And so, you know, a lot of it was just handheld. Uh, I remember there was one scene that we did it was, God, it must have been about a minute long shot. And it was kind of going through, uh, you know, a big part of, uh, of Union Square. And we were lucky because it rained that day. And so um, parks pretty much cleared out. So if you look at that one shot, there's not a whole lot of people there. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure how we would have shot that if, if it was packed. It's one of the many wonderful things about New York is just like trying to negotiate. I find that trying to shoot in New York is this ca case of trying to frame out what you don't want to see. You know, because there's usually, you know, uh, there's like somebody mugging in your camera. There's people in your face. There's construction that looks ugly. And you don't want that in the shot. Um, you know, it's so it's so hard just to like and that. And I think it does lend itself to that kind of street style, handheld documentary esque, which it, it sounds like that look. I don't know, you know, who your DP was, but, you know, you have it's like, you know, like any time a low budget filmmaking like you have to kind of go with your resources and go with the circumstances. So I'm sure that was kind of a thing where you said, you know what, if we use a handheld camera, that'll give it an energy and a feel. Uh, is that kind of what you were going for when you originally conceived it? Um, for sure with that shot, you know, for sure with that shot, we wanted a sense of, of chaos and movement and, um, you know, kind of not knowing what's going to happen next, a sense of danger. Um, but, you know, this is director's vision. You know what I mean? I, I really didn't have a, a big hand in that. I, I uh, sent him an email. I said, this is my vision for the film and this is what, what I would want to see. And, you know, uh, he and the DP kind of went, went off and, and did what they did and they did a fantastic job. You guys, you've been on the film festival circuit for a little while now. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Because, you know, negotiating the film festival circuit in 2020 and 2021 has been an interesting grab bag of circumstances of hybrid and, uh, you know, in-person and online. 
Um, talk, can you talk a little bit about like kind of your festival experience? Yeah, it was a great experience. Um, you know, I had all these ideas, you know, as a, as an actor and, you know, filmmaker, you have all these ideas about, uh, what a film festival is going to be and, you know, all the, the glamour and, you know, um, all that stuff and, you know, fame and fortune and, and all, and all the like, and it, it just wasn't that, you know what I mean? It was a really nice experience. We, um, our first festival was in Iowa. That's my, um, producing partners festival susan Gorell at julian dubuque film festival which is a fantastic film festival in the midwest and you know what it, i mean we did three festivals i think in person and it was really just about being with family and friends it was it was just a great opportunity for us to get together and we went to um uh, went to the field of dreams in iowa and you know saw some other films and um you know, we had a great screening of our film. And then, you know, when we did Nyack in New York, we actually won the Nyack Film Festival. And that's that's my dad's town. So I was able to, you know, my dad was able to come and, you know, kind of highlighted him. He has a little cameo in the film as a Tai Chi guy in the beginning. So made a poster, you know, of, of my dad and, and put it up there. And uh, and then um, the, we, we premiered at the New York Independent Film Festival. That was our official premiere. And um, that was great. We had like three sold out shows. We were only supposed to have one show and we just, you know, get so many people in New York that wanted to see it. So we ended up having like three packed houses. And then Soho was kind of a surprise. You know, uh, we didn't, you know what I mean? It was a virtual festival. So I honestly wasn't thinking that much of it. I, I you know, I would have flown into New York probably if it was if it was live and in person. We were really excited to, to get it, you know. Uh, um, and then winning was, I mean, that was a big surprise and a very pleasant surprise. Uh, we actually had two of our actors um, showed up at the, they did have an in-person ceremony, award ceremony. So they showed up and they called me and said, you won, you won. And, and uh, our actress won best actor. And that was very exciting. They sent us a lovely award and that uh, was, it was great. I, the festival one was great. You know what I mean? But you know, I can also look at all the festivals we didn't get into. I wanted to get into a bunch of international festivals, the festivals in different states. You know, we wanted to get into Tribeca because that's the big New York Film Festival. And so, it was equal parts disappointment and then some really high highs and and some you know good times. Uh, we've been covering film festivals now for a while, for a few years, and it used to be that you went into a film festival so that hopefully some distributor might see your film and want to you know sign you. But that's not really doesn't seem to be happening too much anymore. When you guys went for distribution for this, was the fact that you had you know won some awards and and been seen and sold out a few shows was that a factor at all? Did people look at that? No, I, I no, I get the sense that that they just kind of know what they want. They know what the market's going to bear. You know, what I mean, we don't have stars. We have you know our our four leads are not are not stars. We made a decision very early on that we were going to act in the film me and, and my friends. And so we knew that in terms of marketing the film, it was gonna be more challenging. It's, it was gonna rest on how good the film was and the merits of the film rather than any uh, names uh, that we would have. And so I think when we look, went looking for distribution and we had a, you know, uh, a friend of Susan's, uh, DJ Dodd, who helped us to get the deal with Gravitas, uh, which we're super grateful for. Um, and we had, we had four offers, which was really nice. We got to meet with, with all of the different companies. Um, but we were grateful to get distribution. I've seen that uh, Gravitas has picked up uh, a bunch of these, you know, festival darlings, or they they do a lot of work with independent films. And you know, I kind of wonder, you know, what I, you know, I won't ask you kind of what the deal is like, but um, what is the kind of experience like dealing with with them? And and do you give them your deliverables and they kind of take it from there and they do like a lot of the promotion, or are you still 
working on the promotion yourself. I mean, I know you're doing, you know, the podcast circuit and stuff now, but how, how do you feel like about the Gravitas partnership and, and that channel? Getting better, getting better. I think they have a lot of films. I think they're busy. It's the holiday time. But my experience has been, there's been very little take it from there. <laughs> you know, there's always that, you know what I mean? Like with actors, like, oh, when I get an agent, everything will be okay because the agent will do everything. And talk to any actor and what are they going to tell you? That their agent's not getting them auditions. So, well, don't count on anybody to do it for you. You know, like you said before, if you're going to produce, if you're going to produce a movie, it's your thing. You're, you're the one who's going to do it. And I think I learned that as much as anything else. And so I've had to light a fire under a lot of asses. I'm not even sure if we're allowed to curse here, but uh, okay. Um, but, but yeah, it's, and it's not even that it's just, um, it's letting people know how important this is for us and for me and wanting the same passion from everybody that worked on the film that we have. And, and we've had that for the most part. And those who have not had that passion either didn't stick around or it just wasn't the best experience, you know, but most of the people who worked on this were very passionate. So, you know, I, I reached out, you know, a couple of times and I let them know this is, this is really important, you know, and, and uh, I want the distribution company to be um, really behind this because I think this film can do very well for them and for us. So I, I try to pick up the phone and have conversations as, as much as I can without being too annoying, um, which, you know, a lot of these times it's texts and emails and stuff like that, but I want to have conversations and get to know people. So I did have some conversations with, with some folks at Gravitas that made me feel much better. Um, but it's a new partnership. It's in, we're early, early in the game and, um, you know, we'll see what happens, uh, you know, as the film is put out there. But we're very excited and we're super grateful to Gravitas. Very cool. Uh, I've been meaning to ask different people because uh, usually after they've come on my show, they've got to deal with Gravitas. So I haven't had a chance to ask them about it. Uh, so um, what for right now, the movie, uh, you guys are going to be, you're, you're VODing in February, uh, which is when this should air. Uh, which is very cool. And do you have any other projects on the horizon that you're looking at doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking with some friends right now here in Los Angeles about doing a, a comedy web series or, or TV show. We're, we're kind of getting started on that, hopefully in the new year, kind of Seinfeld-esque type of show. Very different than the movie, much more comedy, which is something I've done a lot of. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to like a, a little bit of lighter fare. Um, but I also, like I said, I'm a middle school teacher, so I... Uh, uh, I teach kids and I'm going to be starting teaching film, I think full time next year. So I'm very excited about that. We're, we're partnered with an organization called YCP Youth Cinema Project, which was started by Edward James Almost. So um, we have mentors that come and work with the kids. And for me, I have four or five screenplays that are in different um, stages of development and, um, you know, would love to do more acting when I can find time. So for people uh, who want to find out more about you, about the movie, where can they find you on the web? Yeah, our website, um, www.thereunionfilm.com, www.thereunionfilm.com. Uh, that'll take you to our trailer. That'll take you to our posters. That'll take you to our uh, social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, IMDb, um, our web guy jay cruz has done an amazing job uh, he's actually in new york and um i just can't say enough about our our whole team uh, forge uh company in iowa who does our social media uh empkt um beatrice kimmel who does our pr in new york uh our, our lawyer who i had mentioned um 
the value of that. Diane Bradshaw, who's uh, who's also in New York, and um, my producing partners Andrea, Monica, Dindoan, and and Susan. I just wanted to give a shout out and our entire post team, who I just recommended on a networking service because they're just so wonderful. All here in LA, and we did post uh, pretty much all here in LA through through COVID. You know, without really being able to meet up a lot of the time. Our wonderful editor Jonathan Shaw. Um, Post Mango, um, Nick Rapetto, who did the uh, the composing, just uh, it's just an amazing team. Lucian Palmer, who did our sound. You know, you talk about sound. You know, trying to get good sound out of New York. I think we were able to do that. You know, and our sound guys who were on the ground as well. Um, so, just wanted to thank our our whole team. Fantastic, man. We, so we hope to hear more from you next next time. Uh, you know, call us up. We'll have you back. And uh, you know, uh, you can follow our website for. Uh, release information as well uh but i'm gonna wrap up thanks so much for being here and uh thank you all out there for taking this trip down the rabbit hole for more of our content visit our website no rest for the weekend podcast.com don't forget to like rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast app and now you can subscribe to our youtube channel youtube.com slash get behind the rabbit once again i'd like to thank my guest dave rosenberg and our sponsor jmr rentals for behind the rabbit productions i'm jason godby thanks for joining us We'll see you next time.